Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this season, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on every single goddamn page in a trio of adventure modules for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes RPG, starting with Adventure MT1, All This and World War II. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. All This and World War II was written by Ray Winninger and published in 1989 by TSR. Today we're discussing page 11 of All This and World War II. We're in the midst of a rundown of various NPCs for this module. Right now we're on World War II era superheroes, and we've got two on this page, uh, one of which you will have heard of if you are like a casual Marvel fan, a fan of the movies and so on, and one that you almost certainly will not have heard of unless you're an honest-to-God comics buff. Let's begin with the more popular of these characters, Bucky. Now, this is not the Bucky of the modern era. The Bucky of today, as you know if you've watched the movies, is better known as the Winter Soldier. He's this like brainwashed assassin who's been operating off and on since his last adventure with Captain America. And yeah, there's this whole memory thing. It gets pretty grim. I think as a way of overcompensating, Bucky is tied to modern Marvel continuity through Captain America, for whom Bucky is a major inspiration in his life uh, and kind of a regret that he has. So he's significant to Captain America, and therefore he persists in a continuity where it is increasingly silly for a little boy in fanciful red and blue clothes to have been permitted slash instructed to go try to punch gun-wielding Nazis in World War II. He's a silly presence in the background of a lot of parts of the Marvel Universe that have gotten somewhat less silly over time, and therefore people are always trying to fix him up. And Winter Soldier pretty much did it, I think. They got him to where he needs to be in the present. But there's a lot of weird stuff going on in the past, too. Like, he was a member of this group called the Young Allies that's been pretty thoroughly retconned. And there's this whole thing. Gradually, they've kind of like, well, he was older than he seemed like he was in the comics. And, well, you know, he seemed like a cheerful Robin knockoff. But actually, he was like this assassin. And he would do the dirty work behind Captain America's back or whatever. I understand the impulse, but it's a it's a fruitless endeavor. You can't win because look at him. You look up a picture of Bucky. Little black domino mask, presumably affixed with spirit gum. Goofy grin, big floppy gloves, swashbuckler boots. He's wearing, uh, my god, a, a bright blue button across military top with a bright red collar. He's got his underpants on on the outside. You, No matter how much of a grim fucking angel of death you tell me this character is, you can't change the way he looks. We all saw it. We all saw that kid walking around on the World War II battlefield in the Golden Age. There's nothing you can do about it. And anyway, as his popularity in the MCU has made apparent, you're missing the boat if you try to make Bucky grim and gritty because he is absolutely like the most fanfic-ready, pouty-lipped super twink in comic book history. Now let me stop right there and say, in this scenario, he's not 12 years old, okay? Or whatever the fuck he was supposed to be. Change that for sure. There's no reason that Bucky has to be so young. I mean, Golden Age comic book art did not have the resolution for us to be able to distinguish whether Bucky was 12 or 16 or 18 or a small 30-something man with eccentric tastes. Like, you can do whatever you want with that. And indeed, I think you have to retcon him older, not only to make it reasonable that he's out there on the battlefield, but also because otherwise his relationship with Captain America is too fucking weird now that we're acknowledging the gay relationships exist. I mean, his origin story is a homoerotic mishap. Listen to this. Uh, Bucky was an orphan, ward of the state. He was kept at Fort Lehigh in Virginia for a while. Steve Rogers was stationed there. Quote, One night, Bucky accidentally burst in on Rogers as he was changing into his Captain America uniform. Sworn to secrecy, Bucky eventually persuaded Cap to train him and became Cap's costumed partner. That is a superhero origin story, but it is also a meet-cute. 
and a spicy one. This is not a little chat at the gym. This is not like you accidentally got my order at the restaurant. This is, we were at the barracks together, and I was changing out of my fatigues into my fucking tight-fitting leggings, and you barged in on me and saw everything and discovered my secret, but you swore you'd never tell, and now we're partners for life. Bucky is not a sustainable character in this form for Marvel continuity. It's too sexy. His, his vibe needs to be either less young or less gay, and I vote for less young. Anyway, that's Bucky. Bucky's over on the right-hand side of the page. None of this stuff is dumb. This is solid gold. I mean, <laughs> like it's it's not appropriate to Marvel continuity or like you know, the current aesthetics of these stories or whatever, but Bucky's great. He's colorful. He's cheerful. He fist fights, and he lends some tragedy to Captain America later to create this like golden age, silver age divide. Great. I mean, I, honestly, I like him better dead, but Winter Soldier is not bad either. For dumbness, we move over to the left-hand side of the page where we see Union Jack, a character that the casual Marvel fandom gives an inverse amount of fucks about as compared to Bucky. Uh, Union Jack, aka Brian Falsworth, is an English aristocrat, but one of those good aristocrats who do the right thing. In fact, so is his dad. His dad was the original Union Jack. He's the second Union Jack. Uh, he was out there, I guess, traveling around in Europe right before the Second World War broke out. When the war came, Germany imprisoned Brian, and that is when he stumbled upon a fortuitous opportunity to make a dumbass decision. Quote, there, meaning in Germany, he shared a cell with Eric Schmidt, a German chemist that had concocted a variant of the American super soldier serum. Schmidt gave young Brian a small vial of the serum, greatly enhancing his physical capabilities and reflexes. Brian was then able to escape and return to Britain, where he took up his father's mantle as Union Jack. I want to focus on a little bit of that. Schmidt gave young Brian a small vial of the serum. Note that it was a vial. When they say Schmidt gave young Brian a vial of the serum, they don't mean that he dosed him. They don't mean he like injected him. It's not like Eric Schmidt was dying in Brian's arms. I was like, my boy, Herr Farsworth, my last request, please fetch me water from the faucet. And then Brian turns around and then Schmidt grabs a syringe and sticks him in the butt with super soldier serum. That's not how it went down. He just handed him a vial, which Brian Fallsworth then voluntarily drank. That's the dumbest thing on this page. Because of what it says about what character-wise makes Union Jack a superhero. If you remember from the MCU, to return to that, there was that great scene in the first Captain America movie where, you know, they're scouting for their Captain America and they're all there doing basic training. And then you got, you know, your scrawny Steve Rogers and he's kind of a bumbler, you know, and he doesn't seem like he's the type. But then his commanding officer demonstrates, yeah, he's exactly the kind of guy we're looking for because he throws a grenade over there, which isn't really going to explode, but everybody thinks it's a live grenade. So he throws it over there and then everybody else scrambles in response to the grenade and Steve Rogers dives onto the grenade because that's the kind of guy he is. He's the kind of guy who jumps on a grenade while everybody else is running from the grenade. What makes Captain America super is the serum, but what makes him a hero is that thing in his character. What makes Union Jack a hero character-wise is the fact that this motherfucker will drink anything anyone gives him in a prison cell. What kind of poncy fucking naive do you have to be to, first of all, be, I don't know, backpacking through Europe at the break of World War II and just happen to find yourself in fucking Germany, have them capture you, not, not kill you, mind you, or tell you to move along, but capture you, put you in a cell, and then while you're there, you meet a German, a German scientist, in the same cell, who tells you, hey, what a coincidence that they should be keeping you here with me. You, the son of Union Jack, who caused the Germans so many problems back in World War I. You, the British aristocrat, who wants so badly to serve his country. That's such a coincidence because I, a German biochemist, happen to have on me right here, let me reach into my pocket, a small glass vial of mysterious liquid. 
Now, Brian, if you drink this mysterious liquid that I've just pulled out of my pocket, it's going to make you stronger, tougher, more agile. It'll raise your body to the peak of human perfection. But unfortunately, there's nothing I can do about your goddamn brain, Brian. You fucking dunce, you British simpleton. Doesn't this seem suspect in the least to you? Now, I don't know whether this was ever retconned to be like a master plan somebody had, because in the event, it wasn't like what you would think as a reasonable observer it would be, which is like whatever poison the Nazis had on hand, or perhaps some kind of experimental truth serum to try to grill this kid for information about his dad. It turned out to be a legit super soldier serum, and he became a legit superhero. No thanks to him, because this is such a contrived situation. He should have known better. Even though it worked out, Brian's decision here is the dumbest thing on this page. I almost guarantee you that at some later point, Marvel retconned this to be like a master plan somebody had to get this serum to him, because it is such an implausible coincidence. This guy's lucky that he got embroiled in whatever conspiracy this has been retconned to be, because outside the loving embrace of the super soldier conspiracy, this motherfucker would not have survived. Like, he's lucky he ended up in this Nazi prison cell because if he were just out there walking around Europe, I think he probably would not have made it home. Not because of the ravages of war, but because of, like, the ravages of life when you're this fucking gullible. Anyway, I've talked somewhat about retcons on this page, but the thing to know is that none of these things happened at the time of this module's publication. Union Jack was not the victim-slash-beneficiary of a secret master plan. Bucky was not secretly a grim assassin who was, like, a 45-year-old chain smoker or whatever the fuck they turned him into. This module was accurate when it was written. The retcons were yet to come. The author was not so lucky in every case, however. Join me next time to meet the very cool Colonel Nick Fury at the least cool moment in his long history on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact the show however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Podbean, Gmail, Instagram, etc., etc. This episode's theme music is Robinson's Grand Entry March, performed by the United States Air Force Concert Band. Thanks for listening.